Hello and welcome to the big debate on afl.com.au. I am Riley Beveridge. I'm joined by Mitch Cleary and Cal Toomey. And today we are debating whether or not the AFL draft age should be raised to 19. Mitch, we'll start with you. You're in favour. Oh, clearly, Riley, it's a perfect time to do so. Uh, I know the AFL and the clubs, uh, those in the industry have been flirting for this uh, for some time, but there couldn't be a, a more perfect opportunity than right now. List sizes are going to be cut for next year. So we're already expecting between six to 10 players to be cut from lists. If we have a draft this year, that is going to increase the need for current players to lose their jobs. Uh, increasing the draft age this time around, make it permanent after that. It'll allow players to um, be more prepared when they come into the AFL. And of course, we know the footy department spending is going to be cut by 30%. First year draftees at 18 take up more resources than any other part of their footy club. And I think lifting the draft age will ease the squeeze uh, on the footy department spending. Kel? Oh, I didn't know we were putting off all our uh, our arguments in the first go, but I'm happy to do that <laughs> oh, as no. well, Mitch. I've got more. Oh, really? <laughs> well, it seems like your, your main point, though, and everyone's main point seems to be like, do it now because of the coronavirus and the impact of that. But isn't the, the, the backup point to that that the players would be better off, uh, you know, mentally, physically developed, you know, by spending a year out of school before you know, moving it up to 19. I, I assume that's going to be one of your arguments. But the point is, though... Yeah, Cal, Cal, you can argue both sides if you want. Oh, thanks for doing my part for me. No, I, su- <laughs> I assume that's going to be your point, though. But, but don't just throw the baby out with the bathroom. We don't have to change everything. Yes, the world is changing. We don't have to change the draft age just because it, you know, change is present at the moment. There's no reason at the moment to be able to do this right now. Look, I, I understand what you're saying, but the coronavirus will pass. And to actually make this move... Um, and mechanically make this move around the states and the impact it would have on not only this year's draft pool, but the draft pool for three years, because there's a flow and effect because of that. You know, there will be a squeeze on positions for next year's draft and the year after before things settle down. So this isn't just an easy fix and just go, okay, just push it to next year and let's see how it goes. There's a lot more to it than that. I understand that. And this has been a conversation that's been around for some time. I was reading a piece that you wrote six years ago uh, suggesting that this was a conversation that was at the time. So it's not just because of coronavirus. I just think it's the perfect time to to bring this in. Lift the NAB League up to 19 years of age. Increase the national championships up to 19 years of age. There's going to be less recruiters, so these guys will be more exposed. It means the need for recruiters to go out and find these guys at local level, levels will be removed because they'll have longer to be exposed in the system. And if you, if you give them a year out after school for them to uh, work, uh, and train and study, it means that you can be more flexible with things like the draft combine. Because I think everyone, and you'd be one, Cal, that would, would agree, the draft combine two or three weeks before school exams puts a lot of pressure on these kids. You know what? It does. But have you gone through the, the, you know, the school results of the 80 kids who go to draft combine? Have you, actually, have you actually seen or tested that theory? I actually picked up the phone this week and spoke <laughs> to a few teachers. And I'm, I'm not actually joking. And they suggested that, by kids and the hours they spend at their NAB League clubs, focusing on school footy. Um, and you, for one, Cal, know that these kids have their teachers they have to respond to in their draft year. Not only that, they're playing for four or five different clubs or teams in their draft no, year. you're right. And the Kings did that last year and both managed to get 95 and 96. I mean, I think it's very easy to say it's going to be 
a lot easier for kids to do this. But speaking of that article you wrote, you said I wrote six years ago, I think I dug up the same one. Josh Kelly and James Ash said that, you know, actually having school during their draft year was a really good thing to have. It took their mind off the footy pressure and football was a release from their school studies. Would it have been the same way for that? So it's to make the change, you'd have to have really concrete evidence that it's going to be better overall. I don't think that's possible. It's all anecdotal. So there's as much example to suggest that the kids are actually better off for having school with them and managing to do that. Look, I spoke to Kenny Beetson last week and he said, you know, the, the amount of kids who've come through the Swans Academy and through the draft while he's been at the Swans, let alone in the industry for 30 years, suggests that, you know, they'll be fine. You know, there's enough evidence to say that kids actually um, do perform really well at school level. And who's to say that the kids who don't go well at school level would be any better by not having footy? Maybe that school's just not what they're cut out for. You talk about those guys. You mentioned James H., Josh Kelly. I'm going to throw Sam Walsh and Connor Rosie into, those, into that mix. They're guys who are going to be superstars and are prodigies as young kids. They're going to make their money off AFL. But what about the guys who get spat out of the system really quickly? Wouldn't, don't you agree, Cal, it would be easier and better for their careers if they would have a year of study or a year of work in their, nine, in their 19th year away from school to get accustomed to the real life? Because many, many of these guys come into the system, and I know you mentioned the stars, but what about uh, Sam Walsh's young teammate who might be at Carlton for three or four years on eighty to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars as a base, he's well, the system, and he goes a, back. He goes back into to work life as a twenty-two year old, and the guys he went to school with are three years ahead of him in his in their professional life. Yeah, and you know what? He's probably got a house deposit too, so it's not all bad to be that player, and probably oh. paid off a fair a fair chunk of a house deposit. Because I don't know too many eighteen-year-olds who are on hundred grand, um, we're not playing AFL footy or not on an AFL list. Oh, absolutely. The house deposit might be a bit of a catch cry because that's a hundred a hundred thousand dollars isn't that much when you when you're 19 or 20 there's bankers in the oh it's a fair bit when you're 18 or 19 i'm not sure how much uh, you're making down in geelong at that point the, the question is for you though mitch if if you're having a year off so a year between the end of your schooling and then the draft which yep. is what you're proposing how can you legislate or make sure that these kids are actually going to go to university and actually going to pick up jobs i mean i speak to draftees all the time who've who've put their, their all their eggs in the footy basket even when they've got the extra year so you know there's draftees in south australia and wa and queensland who've who've gone through this and are through this and that's part of their system and the, the way they grew up in their school systems and they don't spend too much of uh their draft year their nominal draft year after school actually spending that much time doing much study or work it's almost just waiting and twiddling their thumbs for the draft to hap- happen and to be called so Look, it's, it's, a, it's a sweeping statement, and that's, that's fine, but actually generating that and making sure the actual players uh, take on these sort of responsibilities is doubtful. And, and who's to say they wouldn't be going out on Thursday nights and, and experiencing the things that you know, most kids at uni would? Well, just back to, to your point, so you, you look at kids in, say, WA who um, do have that. They finish school at 17, and as you say, uh, like a Liam Henry last year, probably spend more time than most in the Fremantle Academy so may not have been studying or working as much as others. But what about their year 12 year at school when instead of having to stress about the draft, they're actually focused on school? Could we throw it back the other way and have a look at um, are, they, are, they, are they better off having in their 17th year when they're not having to worry about the draft? Does that allow them more focus on school? Oh, well, it, it could, but it could not too. And while the, the point I'm making as well is that this has only come up as a, as a point of uh, – 
discussion because of the coronavirus and the impact and the doubts on this year's draft. And I get all that. My, my solution to that is what you mentioned earlier. There's a, there's a smaller draft pool and the guys who are unfortunate to miss out are available to play at under 18 level. It's a, it's a nine, 10 year old competition next year, just next year. And probably for a couple of years, just because there's a flow and effect of that. But the actual draft age remains as it, as it was. And so you have to be 18, but you can obviously be drafted after that. But the, you have a two-round draft this year. Uh, next year, the, the, the guys who miss out on this year's draft pool can go back to under 18 level to show their stuff and strut their stuff. And, and that's the way it works. So that actually provides the competition with a replenishing of talent at the top end. Because you, you talk about the players who are going to get cut off lists. Well, I'm back in the top 20 of this year's draft to be better than the, the eight or nine players at most clubs chop. Uh, if they have to reduce list to 35 or 38 or whatever it is, I think they'll be better off. I think they'll be better players. We look at last year's first-year players, and, and 15 of the 20 from the 2018 draft uh, were playing at AFL level last year. Five of the top 12 debuted in round one uh, of this year's um, season. And you'd have to expect that the same numbers would um, rocket through uh, the 2020 pool. Jamara Hagen, he's going to be ready to play next year. Will Phillips is ready to play next year. Riley Philthorpe is going to be ready to play next year. You're costing them. You. <laughs> well, they're both certainly good arguments. I'm not sure if Mitch's was aided by his housemate leaving halfway through his, though. But uh, for all of the latest on the draft, you can keep clicking back to afl.com.au and let us know if you think the draft age should be raised to 18. I want to play again. I reckon I would have had a pretty good crack at the record. They were greatness. She goes to the, the milk bar and comes out with five heralds and I'm on the front. It has been a privilege and a pleasure to spend time with the Centurions, getting to hear their stories in their words. It was just a buzz of a place to be. Oh, it's exciting. You take that conversion rate any day of the week. Subscribe to the Centurions wherever you get your podcasts and keep clicking back to afl.com.au and the AFL Live app for another instalment with the game's greatest goalkeepers. Nothing wrong with a bit of me time.